What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Thank you so much for making Coast to Coast your first listen for NBA coverage. We're in the we're in the middle of the off season here. There's not too much going on, so we got a we got a fun podcast today. Something that we've been we've been thinking about doing for a while is a is a little draft for a new team entering the league. Like it's gonna it's probably gonna happen soon. The way things are going, an expansion draft is only is only around the corner. So we're gonna look at. The teams that are going to, what top six they're going to protect, the the best players on their team. And then we are going to draft teams based off those uh, those players that uh, each franchise will basically franchise tag. But we're going to get through all that, make our draft, and then we'll see which team is better. Both teams could just be absolutely diabolical, but it's going to be fun. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to check out uh, an interesting one, something that we always like talking about, the young cores in the, in the league. There's a lot of great young teams right on the cusp of, of, of doing something big in the NBA. And we're going to look at them and rank which ones are best and which ones are most likely to to make it big with the current core that they've got. And we're going to finish off with a fun new game and a little bit of NBA Would You Rather. But before we get into it all, Chris, how you doing, man? How's it been? Dude, I'm great. I actually have a cup of coffee in my hand this time. It's not too early. Usually when we do these Saturdays, it's like six in the morning. I haven't slept like all week, but I'm, I'm excited. I've wanted to be doing this uh, expansion draft for a minute. Um, and who knows? I mean, Adam Silver talked about the uh, the tournament, what, two years ago? And then now we got a tournament this year, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get off topic for two seconds as we usually do. Quick reaction. Good, bad, eh. What, what's your thoughts on that tournament, the, the format of it? What are we talking about in, 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 in the in season yeah. tournament? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think yeah. it's going to be similar to the playing. I think it's going to be just hearing about it and knowing it's going to happen. I'm kind of like, nah, I don't really like it. What What's the real point of it? And then I think maybe after we see a year or two of it, some you might get a few few memorable moments in that, and then you'll start to think about it in in, in a better light. I think uh, it's something to grow on. I trust Adam Silver. He's done. He's done. He's he's made good decisions so far. So I believe that'll come good. But on the face of it, right now, I'm kind of like, meh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because everyone's like, oh well, LeBron James isn't going to care. Well, of course, LeBron LeBron James doesn't care about the regular season. But look, look for those teams that have like a ton of minimum contract guys, whatever, and they're going to get pretty hyped to to win that money in the middle of the season. But yeah, we see that talked about two years ago. We got it now. We've heard about an expansion draft happening for the past couple of years. We see how much money the NBA is making. Like. It's only a matter of time, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to uh, see where we come out with this. I don't know if my team's gonna be diabolical. I mean, I my I feel could like go I'm either not... way. I'm definitely <laughs> reaching with some picks. I, I have no doubt about that. I'm, I'm doing some. I'm doing some major reaching with my team. Yeah, well, we're we're relying on a scouting crew of uh, of one, and uh, it's <laughs> it's more like half, given uh, our expertise here. But yeah, where, where do we want to get started here? We'll get into. It. We'll take a look at it. Uh, all 30 teams will go, we'll start out in the East and we'll look at the top six players that each team will get to keep. No, no questions asked. I made this list now. So Chris is going to make <laughs> his call, see if there's any major changes that need to be made. I'm going to give him three videos and he's going to have to use them wisely. But I will also <laughs> say that if there's any major obvious mistakes that I've made, which is definitely possible, we'll just change and we won't, and we won't count one of his videos. So let's start, let's get going. Here All we right. go. Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. Where what do you what are you thinking here? I'm I think that's I think it's pretty accurate for the Hawks. One I think one point of contention that the Hawks may have is like um how much do they value Bay versus AJ Griffin? 
and that that will be a tough one for sure um because i mean sadiq's great and griffin still has an injury history and is just showing flashes right now um i mean celtics that's that's spot on i mean i don't i think it'll be tough for them to lose al horford because i think that's a guy if they do a expansion like that's probably the best guy you can get into a locker room who's who can still play only got a year left on his deal um i'm no no vetoes will be wasted here no yeah yeah i think i think that i think that's fair Next, we got Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Charlotte. Another mm. Brooklyn's kind of an interesting one. I'm hoping yeah. you're going to do what I think you're going to do when I when, I, <laughs> when you see Brooklyn. Uh, look, I'm thinking about it, but you know, what if Cam Thomas learns how to play basketball? Like he's such a talented scorer. He's such a like electric player. Like if he's a guy who just matures in the league, give him a couple years, maybe that's like a serious that's a serious offensive weapon. Um, and Ben Simmons, like you know, that could just solve a lot to just have him taken off your hands and you don't have to worry about that whole thing again. But that is definitely the big name, you know, all the assets that that have have been uh, have been gained. I mean, he's a big question mark. Um, you thought I was going to argue Ben Simmons for Ben. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I thought about it. Trust me. <laughs> um, the Hornets. So if I was the Hornets, I would strongly think about, you know, dangling Hayward out there being like, hey, if you want to take Hayward, that's fine. And we'll keep, I don't know, keep Kai Jones, keep Oubre or something. But um, no, I think that's, I think it's pretty spot on. You definitely got to keep PJ Washington, how good he's been. I think he's, he still hasn't agreed a new deal, but I think we know that that's going to happen. It'd be That'll crazy. Happen. It'd be crazy yeah. for that to not happen though. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. We're going, it's a good start. We're going, we're going well here, right? <laughs> All right. What's next? I got your Bulls and the Cavs. The Bulls are the interesting one here. He's my veto. <laughs> that that your veto? I, I, I won't call this I, a veto. I think this is just who do who do you think instead? Given that it's looking likely that Lonzo, yeah. sadly, may never play again. Who do who do you think instead? Um, definitely Kobe White. Um, Kobe White made strides last year. It's not going to be like the flashiest uh, box scorer in the world, but he's shown that he's a good rotational player. Bulls have invested time in him. I think. Uh, I think we're. I don't think I'm going to need all three vetoes. You've been pretty good unless we just really go off the deep end in the West. But uh, yeah, I'm saying Kobe White will definitely stick around. And yeah, it's sad, man. I saw a video of Lonzo Ball the other day just talking about his current teammates. And it was just, uh, it's it's sad. Hopefully, you know, hopefully things work out over the next year. Mm, yeah, but for sure. let's see the Cavs here. Garland, I, I don't disagree with it. The, the tough thing is just signing Struess. So it'll be Okoro or Struess. And Okoro is a guy that, you know, he's the classic jump shot away. Like what he does on the boards, what he does in the open court, what he does defensively is so important, but just the lack of a shot. And then Struess is just, I, I, I'd i be curious, you know, if, if the Cavs had to decide tomorrow, like, hey, we got to make a push for the playoffs. Who do we need, Okoro or Struess? I think they pick Struess, but I don't think I'm going to veto that because if you're thinking long-term, you don't want to lose a young guy like that either. Yeah, yeah, I think that's rare. That that one's definitely the one that I think could go either way. Mm-hmm. Especially they they made the move to sign Shares. That's a position that they they wanted to fill, and they believe that he's going to be the guy to be able to fill it. So I think that would be a tough decision for them to make. But I think the age of Carrero, I think what he does bring and the 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 pluses of him are are just might just edge it for him. But it would definitely be a big big call for them to have to make. You know what I might do here? I might use one veto as as the Cavs manager and say, I want 
Max Struess over Karis LeVert. I'm using my veto. Okay. And the reason why, just looking at this, I want to empower Mitchell Garland and keep Okoro around defensively in the playoffs, keep his energy, and keep the floor space. They need that shooter. They need that so badly. And I think that would have really given them more success in the postseason last year. Yeah. All right, so I, I got two left. That's fair. I like that. I think that's a good I think that's a good call. I think you made it you've made a smart decision there. You're definitely starting off using using your vetoes wisely. Good work out of you. <laughs> All right, we got the Pistons and the Pacers up next. Another interesting one was the Pacers. The Pistons obviously have a lot of talent there, but I think I think I did all right with the with with the Pistons there. But the Pacers, I think, is one where you might have a might have a couple of other guys that could have, yeah. could have made the list. But the Pistons are are tough with. And <laughs> this is a long term question too, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it when we talk about the the young teams, but. Deciding what to do with Dern and Wiseman is just is weird. And they put themselves in the situation now. So I guess if you're going to keep this experiment going, you have two highly talented uh, bigs. You, I mean, you might as well just try and figure it out. Um, but then you're not protecting uh, Isaiah Stewart. You're not protecting eh, Bagley. I'm not too worried about. But Isaiah Stewart, they, they seem also invested in him. Pacers. Ooh. You you love your Obi Toppin. I mean, I'm seeing a little Knicks bias here. I I I don't know what's going on there because they just drafted this guy named Jairus Walker, who I think in yeah. summer league we didn't get a chance to talk about him yet. But in summer league, dude, I mean, he looked absolutely the part. He looks like a missing piece for that defense. Uh, are you gonna make me use another another one here? <sighs> that was a tough call I had. I know that oh, like their major kind of kind of their major off season season signing versus their their rookie. It's definitely a tough call. A major offseason signing versus uh, is is Obi Top does Obi Toppin count as a major offseason signing? <laughs> I said their their major offseason <laughs> signing is that what I said. Breaking I news, Obi Toppin to the okay. Um, this is now I'm understanding why coaches in like the second quarter don't want to use a challenge here because then they won't have one later. Um, I uh, do I have faith in you to to not to not believe in young guys for these other teams I, i'm gonna use i'm gonna use another veto i'm gonna use another veto i i need jairus walker on the pacers man I, I i think that is he even this season will be such a big reason for their defense to get better and we saw throughout many stretches of the season where their offense was like i mean top five top ten with, with their shooting um obviously they, they couldn't sustain that as a young team but if if you if you're looking what Obi Toppin makes the table, which is it's excellent. I mean, that he has such great potential as a floor spacer, such great potential as a as a cutter, and that does a lot for this team that loves to loves to pass. Uh, Jarris Walker still defensively will do more. Yeah, yeah, especially and and if his shot comes in, I think yeah. it's 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 clear he he'd yeah. be a bit more of an impact than uh, yeah. And I think even and I know we don't want to do too much with with summer league. I think we've learned our lesson a little bit over the past couple of years. But even if the uh, Shot doesn't come right now. Just what he does in the short roll, um, what he does being strong, getting to the basket, and just as a rebounder, like I think he'll do enough to be to be more valuable than Toppin, which yeah. which is crazy to say for a rookie, but I I think his skill set specifically for this team does that. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Oh, two vetoes down, only one to go. You know, I, I think nah. it, there's gonna have to be just a crazy one I've forgotten coming up. I think that's that's <laughs> that's gonna be next before. We're not even out of the East yet. I know. Okay. 
All right, Miami and Milwaukee. Miami lost a lot of uh, a couple of pieces yeah. that you know would have been here, and maybe soon they'll have another piece that in there. But uh, for now, I think I think the two of them are fairly cut, cutting the uh, yeah straight. I th- I think that's pretty straight up, and I, and I think the Heat the Heat would would probably do something that would surprise us if we had if they did this tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked if they did something like not protecting Kyle Lowry, but protecting uh like Nikola Jovic or something. Like they see something in this guy, and they. And they're willing to give up a veteran, but I mean, Lowry, he hit some key shots to get them through the playoffs. And I mean, the Bucks. I mean, it, I'm not really who's really interested. And I think this is a speaks to their depth right now. No one's really interested in outside of that top six. So, yeah, yeah sure. And it's a lot of aging guys that are outside of that yeah. six as well. All right, then we got the Knicks and the and the Magic. The Magic. I think you're gonna have a a say here. I I I, I won't call it. I won't call it a, a veto if if you have something to say about the ma- the magic there, but the Knicks I think is fairly clear cut. Ooh, yeah. Well, the the Knicks. The most interesting thing with the Knicks with this situation is, and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you kind of agonize over this. Is I know you love quickly. Um, I know obviously you can't get rid of Barrett and Robinson when he's healthy. He looks great. What about Grimes, man? It's it's definitely tough. I think I really like Grimes. I think it'd be a really tough decision, and I think he'd be a guy that I think any new team or any other team would be right on uh, eager to get a hold of. But I think just from what we've seen, I think the other guys have just shown that bit more at, at this stage, and I think. First position as well, given like the the guard depth that we kind of have, I th- I think he would just fall out fall out of favor. But it would definitely be it'd be a tough call, and, and it would hurt it would hurt to lose him. But I think yeah, I think this top six is probably fair. Well, I, I won't give anything away, but I was pretty excited to uh, see that name left off this list. Mm-hmm. Anyways, going to the magic, I, I know what you're thinking, and I'm not I'm not as crazy about it as you think I would be. I I know. Um, you would assume that you know you have to keep Chuma Okiki on the Orlando Magic. Of course, that is that's absurd. Um, no, we're, of course we're talking about former overall first pick uh, Markel Fultz, who has had flashes with the Magic, has definitely improved as a playmaker, and you know I think there's there's different camps for who should be on this team, but there's just now a there's too many guards, um, and I I would argue. I would definitely argue uh, Markel Fultz over Cole Anthony, just purely from like a playmaker perspective. But I think Cole Anthony has more shooting potential, obviously, based on what we've seen over the years. So if he gets in line and he realizes like what the game plan is and that, you know, he's he's not going to be taking like 12, 15 shots a game, then maybe that that's a better piece alongside uh, Bancaro. But I don't hate it. Jonathan Isaac, I, does he still play basketball? I don't know. Um, yeah, I feel but, like they'd still they'd still keep with him though. They they believe in that guy, but yeah, yeah. You're to- he had a nice like- game. His first game back, he looked pretty flashy. Um, he got hurt again right after. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I can't remember that yeah, last just, season. That's felt the like story of him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I not not too crazy about it. Let, let's move on. Mm-hmm. All right, we're almost out. We're almost out of the East. Down to the last three teams. Philly was a tough one. I'm kind of like yeah. after the first four, I'm kind of like, who the hell else do they want? Who the else do they want to keep? Take our players, <laughs> like just who even cares? Yeah, it checks out. Um, and then that that was an interesting one too because I was like, okay, like who would I care to to draft in this team? I was like, I guess 
Montrez Harold, like maybe Bo Baba. I don't know. Um, the Raptors, though, um, gotta keep uh Pirtle. I mean, he's he was the missing big for them. Um, gotta keep your recent pick. Um, Gary Trent Jr. So that's the one thing I think about is like, okay, does Achua have enough? Like, does he have another level? Does he have another level to his game? Can he become like a matured pick and pop and big that can defend better on the perimeter? Like he has that athleticism. He has that, that uh, ability. And Gary Trent Jr. is kind of like a, just, I mean, he's, he's just going to shoot. He's a shooter, he's a shooter and Grady Dixon is shooter. but that's that for roster construction. Like they are, so low on shooting ability, especially with uh, Van Vliet gone. You can't rely on the rookie to take all the shots that, you know, if you're going to make, if you're going to be competitive this year, you, you need to keep him on your team. So I get that. Yeah, yeah. Make more think we're good there for sure. And then the final team, the Washington <laughs> Wizards. There's another one. There's another Why one. is it in 36 font? This is the this is our major focus. Uh, Sorry, no, we're getting onto no our major. There's no way of changing the font size and all, or maybe I just missed it, but it was not, it was not clear. For reference, this is this is our amazing technological advancement of the podcast. It took us three years to get here, but we have words on the screen. <laughs> At least everyone will be able to read this one now. <laughs> Jordan, I obviously you got to keep all these guys. I, I think um, the the one the one was like okay, Tyus Jones. That, that's a great pickup, and Corey Kispert. You know, he's he's still looking for his elite shot that he got drafted for. Are you giving up on Johnny Davis already? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. But I think with the guys that you got there, I think you're mm-hmm. you're picking them all all ahead of him. Unfortunately, he didn't really. I know he's only had like he's only had his year, but uh, like he didn't really show anything much that you're really going to be like, okay, there's no way we can't lose this guy over some of the other guys. Exactly. Give more of a shot to your the the guy you reach for in, yeah. in, in Kulabali, and then you got Jordan Poole in Kuzma. You just resigned him. The other guys yeah. have just shown that bit more, unfortunately. There's going to be zero sunk cost fallacy with uh, the new ownership in Washington. Like they're they're not going to care that mm-hmm. uh, the last last GM took um, took Johnny Davis, who I, I hope he works out. He's just he, he hasn't shown any elite skills and not a ton of flashes. So I, I would understand that Kispert's probably going to be a a good piece next to anybody based on how he plays. Mm-hmm. So. We're a okay on the we're Wizards. Clean. We're all we're all good. The East is done. <laughs> Made right. it out of the East. Two vetoes down. We got one <sighs> to go, and we're heading out west. Let's go. The Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. Dallas, kind of. You you, you could make arguments for some other guys, but I think yeah. that's probably the the strong six there. Yeah, I mean Powell. Powell definitely like his his rim rolling. Uh, his defense, that's really important to them. I get why he'd keep them there. Uh, losing him would be tough. Uh, I think they would hate to lose Josh Green. And I, I think, but you'd also hate to lose the the tantalizing prospect of Jaden Hardy really developing into like a true like 30-minute-per-game NBA player. Jaden, If Jaden Hardy puts it together to be like a, a full-time rotational player, like that's a really good six man. Um, maybe that's even a really good start. I, I don't know. What's your future with Kyrie Irving? So that's a tough one. Um, Devin Nuggets, that was kind of a no brainer. 
Yeah, um, that was literally their six players. I could barely name any more. Yeah, that really have the guys. What I think is interesting, though, like I mean, th- this is another summer league shout out. Like, I mean, Hunter Tyson and, and you saw um, Flash from their other two guys. Like, that they, they drafted some really interesting uh, archetype players. Like, I mean, Hunter Tyson's kind of like going to be their Michael Porter Jr. two point and who can I think play a better defense at this point in his career. But it, we'll know some more names, I think, if we did this next year, based on uh, based on how they've developed guys out there. Well, the Nuggets, I, I don't know if you know this, but they're actually not bad at drafting. Uh, drafting yeah. they're actually, they're Christian actually Braun. <laughs> if we did this last year, Christian Braun, we'd be like, who? What? Why? <laughs> Who's Christian Braun? He, didn't he play in uh, Kansas or something? I don't care. And now he's on this list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's fair. I think yeah, in, terms of the, in terms of Dallas, I think... Would you say that the Josh Green, if you were gonna include him, he'd be in there for Tim Hardaway? That oh that too. That too. That that's that this is all about like this is all about having shooting around Luca and Josh Green hasn't consistently been a shooter. He's contributed in significant ways and in, in being uh, a rebounder and being a great cutter. And I think that they're gonna get that rebounding from from Williams. I think Grant Williams kind of solves that a little bit, being kind of that tweener, the way that Josh was. I mean, obviously a very different player in how they play, but I think they're probably maybe you're on the right track. And I'll, I'll give you credit for that, that maybe they thought a little bit about Grant Williams taking that role a bit and Josh Green being a little bit more expendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was definitely definitely it was definitely in my mind because Josh Green, I think last year I'm I've been taking Josh Green over Jaden Hardy, but then with the addition mm-hmm. of of Grant Williams, I'm, I'm what mm-hmm. I'm hearing that guys talking about Hardy and stuff. I think he's gone to the the prospect to have that little bit more, uh, that little bit more belief in. But uh, yeah, moving on then, Golden State, Houston, Houston's the interesting one now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Golden State is that that one, that one is interesting in terms of of who's the young guy they keep. So some of my you... spelling there is pretty interesting as well. <laughs> What do we got? Jonathan? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan Kaminga, yeah. There we go. All right. I didn't even see that. Like that. An active edit. See that that's yeah, John, that's still not that's still not right. What the hell am I trying to spell here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's plenty of NBA players I don't know. I don't know of a, a Joe Joe Nothan. Are we good? Jonathan Kaminga. I, I don't know if I'd rather have Jonathan Kaminga or uh, Moody. That that's a tough one for me. I think Moody is definitely I actually wasn't really, yeah, you know, I kind of, kind of forgot about Moody a little bit there, to be honest. But yeah, that's a, that's definitely a tough call. That is a tough call. No, I wouldn't I, be able to spell I'm his sure... name and everything. <laughs> <laughs> is there an E in Moody? I don't, I don't even know. But the, I, I'm sure you agonized over that. Trust me, I believe you. But that that's a tough one. I I really still, I'm a Jonathan Kaminga guy. I really think that he he still has the potential to be um, their defensive do it all kind of player in the future. But I don't know that that's the fact that they were shopping him around for draft picks. Isn't a great sign that they believe in him. And I think there's a, a growing uh, moody camp in uh, in the Warriors fan base. But that that would be that would be a tough one. And I'm a little happy you left Moody off the list, too. But Rockets, what was the hardest decision there? If, if you decide you have this big young core, no one's proven yet. You don't know like what the future holds yet for this team. And you got to pick six guys and that's it. 
Yeah, obviously it's 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 really tough, and they've just signed uh, Mr. Dylan Brooks to a massive contract, and I didn't include him on this on this list. Uh, I don't know if I would though. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking, especially what we've just seen from Cam Whitmore. Well, like I keep saying, he's mm-hmm. he's the he's the wild card. He can go, he can go either way, and but you got to you got to you got to keep him if you're the Houston Rockets. I think that's yeah. that's got that's got to happen. I think. Van Vliet, you're going to get in there. He's he's your vet guy. He's going to deliver. You know what you're going to get from him. Jaden Green's your main prospect. He's the guy you believe is going to be the star to lead you. Then you can have your possible question marks. Will Will Shangun really develop into the guy we think he's going to be? Can him Thompson and Jabari Smith can they all develop within the same team? It's going to be it's going to be tough. But in terms of the prospects and the the future ability of these guys, I think it's a it's a fairly correct list in my opinion. Anyway, no, yeah, it's it is tough because in in one name in particular, um, Tari Eason, mm-hmm. um, yeah. what like what I've seen from Tari Eason over the this last season and in summer league, um, I mean he's he's going to be a really good NBA player. He's going to be a great two way player. He's going to be a great defender. Um, the shot will come. Um, I. I don't see him being a star, but I see him being a really good player on a very competitive team. Like that'll be a guy that championship teams would be like, I, I would love to have that guy on my team. Mm-hmm. And Cam Whitmore could go from like a Jaden Hardy level uh, beginning of his career, maybe end, like maybe he's only ever going to be exciting uh, and be like a low calorie scorer, not be a, a very smart player, not make the right moves. And that's it. But also <laughs> like, he could be a he could be an all star. He could be like a two, three, four time all star. I mean, that is that the kind of trade off that you want to make? So that that would be a tough decision. An expansion draft for teams that have not figured out what their rotation is, let alone what is our future. Um, that that would definitely be tough. But I I overall I, I agree with it. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely they're one of the teams that really have would have a lot of a lot of big decisions to make then. Then another fairly cut and dry the two the two LA teams. Yeah, I yeah. did. I made made a change there. I, I left out I Russell Westbrook that. originally, but I I had to I had to just be realistic and and put him in there. A lot, so, a lot of that guys in the Clippers now. Did you did you how did you feel about choosing, um, Kevin Martin Jr. and Terrence Mann versus Norman Powell and Nick Batum? Yeah, it was just a little bit. I was. It was a tough call. It was kind of like it could easily go either way. Really, I kind of mm-hmm. just went with the guys that I probably see more of and what I maybe believe are going to deliver you a bit more, a bit more consistently. But I think there's the ones that can absolutely go either way. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. I mean, it's. I. I don't know if they. This is. This one could go definitely so many different ways because. Um, I wouldn't be surprised too if if they had if they actually did this if they protected Terrence Mann instead of Russell Westbrook because yeah. they're like okay who's going to draft Russell Westbrook um I might I don't know um I, I actually did you is that a change you made yeah I I definitely was thinking like what if I had an expansion team and just built it around Russell Westbrook like what kind of uh, I would put butts in seats and it would be pretty exciting you know you're not going to win anything the first year but that would be pretty fun a final Russell Westbrook experience. Um, the one situation where a team would be like, you know what, fine, let, let's have the the Russ experience right now, like all season. Um, but yeah, that that was tough. I, mm, I I might have to go back and do a veto, but that's it. That's it. That, that's maybe those are the guys they'd probably rock with in a 
in a condensed playoff scenario because um, you don't know what you're necessarily going to get out of uh, uh, AMJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the Lakers. I think there's not really too much to say there, is there? Yeah, yeah. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna. Um, I think with Jared Vanderbilt getting played out of the rotation against the Nuggets, that was just too much of it. And that was no knock on him. It was just you know what what the roster construction was at the time. They just needed more shooting, and that's uh, I think that's the right decision here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Memphis and Minnesota. What are we What are we thinking here? So. I might have to use one here. I might, because if I'm the Grizzlies and Brandon Clark is healthy, unless you're, are you, is this a bet on Zaire like taking a jump? Because I don't know what happened last season. He just, it didn't, it didn't come together for him. And I, I thought after the flashes I saw from him in the playoffs the season before that as a rookie, that there would clearly be some, some jump, but sometimes, and the second year, it's just really hard for for players, and then it's year three. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that was that was kind of my mm. my my vibes there. And then also like with with Brandon Clark, and like obviously I already had the Garen Jackson and Steve Adams in there, so I was thinking maybe yeah. maybe they'd look at a possibly Zaire. But at the same time, I've got Smart Bain and, and Morant there too. So yeah, I think that's one that could definitely go. That could definitely go either way. But I think the yeah, it was like like my like. Like my thinking was that we should have seen a bit more of a jump from him last year, and I think hopefully it's still in there and it could still it, it could still come out. Yeah, I'm not all the way off the uh, the Zaire Williams train. So if if the Grizzlies protected him, I'd be like, oh, they know something. Like he he bucked up, or like there there's something over the the course of the offseason, like they see something. So I that that's not egregious. That's not a that's not vetoable. I I'm fine with that. Okay. Okay. And then. Timberwolves fairly cut and dry. Yeah, say uh, that's they they'd probably be scared someone's gonna scoop up Jalen Noel, but uh, that that's about it. That Jalen Noel's the the guy you look at, you're like, oh, that's a that's a score I'd want to have. What, what he's shown, uh, he he could like they could just think of moving off of uh moving off of, of a guy like yeah. Mike, Mike Conley for sure. I think it's it's not wouldn't be crazy to think of, but yeah. I think in general, talking them taking their six best players, that's that's part of the list that they got there. Yeah. You you remove Mike Conley that that really that really hurts hurts them a lot in so many ways, obviously. And Kat, uh you can go bare I mean you can't lose any of those. And Jaden McDaniels, that that guy is I mean that it's interesting for a team like the Timberwolves, where they have star power and Anthony Edwards, a rising star. Carl Anthony Towns has been there forever. And uh, if if there wasn't all this, the trade value that had to be dumped into Rudy Gobert, like he's a he's a guy people love for his defense. But Jane McDaniels, I, he's such a fan favorite of the Timberwolves. Like he's he's such a cult hero of like how he came up. So he should be actually number one on this list. That, that's the one one change I would probably make. But yeah, this is good. <laughs> These are in no particular order now. It was just kind of <laughs> that kind of the memory of uh, of each team when I when I first when I first did them out, but it kind of worked out that that way, you know. All uh, right, New Orleans and OKC. So New Orleans, these are two teams, and I think Pelicans more than Thunder that will similarly to the Rockets have a tough time when they haven't condensed their roster yet and they don't know exactly who's going to be there. But um, I won't share who I think should who I would particularly want to protect because I'm not going to give away my draft strategy to the I other mean, expansion team. I think, I think I know who you're looking <laughs> at with the Pels. I, I would have to assume it, it's uh, uh, the Hoover, Mr. Mr. Dyson. Huh? 
I don't know who that is, yeah, but, um, but, but the Pelicans are definitely, they, they have, I mean, even Kira Lewis, like a guy who um, has unfortunately just had some injuries and not had a chance to really get minutes on the floor. Um, these, I'm curious that these are players that if, if they end up getting traded or not making it on these teams, like, is that just lost potential or maybe another team could see it? Um, I mean, we're seeing kind of a little revival from a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., where it didn't really work out early in his career. And now he's starting to get some, some real playing time. And um, so those are, those are guys I'd look out for on an expansion team and the, the Thunder too. Um, this one, this one is interesting to tell me about your Jay Lynn Williams decision. Oh, well, of course it was just to keep things very confusing. That was kind of the only reason <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they're, they're all about really. Uh, um, did you did you see the interview where they're talking to Jane Lynn Williams and they're talking to Jane Lynn Williams and then the the, the lady was like uh um no no disrespect but uh I'm not talking to the Jalen Williams and I was like whoa whoa did you see that did you see <laughs> no, that just not, complete that. complete disrespect uh, that was that was crazy but Jalen Williams shout out I you are also a Jalen Williams you're also a good basketball player but I don't know if I protect you but why why do you protect me? The potential still there. I think it was there was no one screaming out to me that will definitely should be in there over him. That was kind of my my main thinking of it. To be honest, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that we only we have only seen a a, real, a a flash of him, and no other guy would be really like, oh yeah, he's definitely like who has the Bertans. Is they gonna gonna be make sure they they uh they they have him or or anyone else like Poku. It's it's kind of tough to think of who they definitely would take over. That was kind of the thinking there. There's definitely other guys. I think it could go, it could go multiple different ways. He was just the guy that I went with really in in, in there. Okay, uh, let me put it to you this way, and this this will be another show, summer league shout out. What's the kind of archetype that you think the the Thunder are missing? Like like a player, if you can develop a player, just just throw him on that team when you got like three playmakers on that team. What, what's the exact kind of player? And I feel like we, we think very similarly like this. I mean, I just think they need a, need a knockdown shooter right here. Did you see case case and Wallace was an absolute flamethrower. Like when I was watching him and someone was like, Oh my God, this is the exact kind of player that the thunder need right now. The exact kind of player. Um, I, I'm going to use my last veto and I'm going to put case and Wallace in there. And so Jalen Williams, no disrespect, Jalen Williams, but like, He's got a lot of potential as like a as a as a tweener. He's got a lot of athleticism, great rebounder, really strong body, and I, I think he'll make it in this league. But Kaysen Wallace, I mean, again, it's summer league. We, we've tried really not to go too crazy. How, but... how am I spelling Kaysen Wallace now? So that's the other question now. Is it... This is K? only from this is only for my entertainment. Let, let's let's just have you spell Kaysen Wallace. All right, I'm gonna go Kaysen. Is that all right? So close. It's a C. It's a so C. There's yeah. actually a lot of confusion. It was it was first it was right. Kaysen, then it was Kasan, and then it. Was it, apparently it's technically Kason, but he goes by Kason. So it is Kason Wallace with the C. But yeah, very excited for him on that team. I think you know maybe it won't happen his rookie year, but he looks like a very confident, very talented shooter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. Yeah, that's definitely an addition that they they need for sure. And hopefully, if that's not just a a flash in summer league and something that he can bring into the team, that's definitely a yeah. guy that the, the Thunder will. Uh, would look to build around, but yeah, all three videos done there, and I like I like them all. I think they're all very fair. There was nothing, nothing crazy. There's nothing I'd be majorly disagreeing with there. I think, uh, yeah, I think you've been right on. You were definitely calculated and smart, smart with your videos there for sure. I'm always calculated and smart, right? <laughs> Phoenix and Portland. Phoenix, there was 
it's it's kind of tough with all the kind of the the minimum deals they've got and everything. You could definitely, you could definitely. I think the top five is probably probably set, but I think in, in terms of like the the sixth spot, you could have Gordon, you could have Watanabe, you could have multiple different guys in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the bull bull hype is insane, <laughs> and I see you falling into the bull trap. But um, I'll let you get away with it because I've already used all my veto. <laughs> But I love you putting Josh Kogi there. Thank you. That makes that better. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, the Blazers, can you imagine a hilarious scenario where they like still have not like come to a trade and they're like, you know what, Dame, you don't want to make business work. You, you just want to be difficult. Well, you're going to get sent to the new expansion team. We're not going <laughs> to protect you. We'll send you to where, and we haven't even chosen those cities yet. We'll, we'll reveal that in a second. But, uh, but yeah, that would be pretty funny. Obviously that, that list that list makes a lot of sense. Um, didn't think about Nasir Little. I have to I have to add that to my my draft board here. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, yeah, that was the only thing I think to just the the ultimate, even the value as like a trade piece, and and thinking that sort of way and the overall potential. I think he might just not make it on the list, but you could make the argument yeah. you could slip in there for a for a Nurkic or for possibly even Shaden Sharp. As much as I believe Shaden Sharp will come good. There's, there's no edit, edit that out, Ronan. Edit that out. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I, I do believe in Shane Sharp. I believe he's going to be a, a great player for the Blazers yeah. in the future. But maybe they're seeing something that I that I'm not seeing and seeing what uh, some people are why people are doubting Shane Sharp. That's all Ronan's I'm, going I'm off saying. script. Just hear a little for Shane Sharp. <laughs> all right, let's move on quick. Yeah, yeah, we're clear about that. That didn't happen. All right, Sacramento and San Antonio. Um. Yeah, I mean that this this is the tough one. You got to keep these guys together. This is the core, and it's just tough to see uh, to dangle Harrison Barnes out there. He's been valuable for them, especially in the locker room. Um, but this is the right list for sure. Um, and the Spurs, the Spurs that that's that's probably my only thing is you want the shooting. And you, this is this is more so. Okay, what what do you actually think that someone would take Trey Jones? Maybe not. And you want to make sure that you're keeping your shooters on there in uh, Bullock and Champagne, um, who hopefully that what we're seeing in summer league that's that's real. That's real shooting. It looks real. Um, size shooting. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree with this list. Maybe Trey Jones is my only like. Maybe I'd I'd want to make sure I keep my future uh, point guard around. But he also hasn't been the point guard of their dreams necessarily. So yeah, yeah, it's probably um, it's probably a fair list. The, the Spurs are another one where you could definitely yeah see a few guys that could that could switch around there. They've got a lot of a lot of young talent, a lot of guys that we haven't really gotten to see enough of to really judge on what their <laughs> uh, what their future is going to be in this league. And now here's another whopper one: the final team, the <laughs> Utah, the Utah Jazz. Okay, this is. Interesting because I know you are. I know you wanted to put Colin Sexton first. I, I know the first player you thought of in the entire NBA to protect was Colin Sexton and no one else. Like, well, why would you even spend two hours like making protections when it's just about protecting Colin Sexton? But, um, I mean, they would probably protect him. I, I'm curious, I would not be surprised if they like protected like Oche Obaji or THD over Colin Sexton, even though I think Colin Sexton's a technically better player. That just it hasn't worked out the way I thought it would. Really, that that's maybe not maybe surprising is not the right word, 
disappointing is definitely the word um because I, I thought he would be like just coming out with a vengeance the and it just did not pre- uh predict the lowry marketing resurgence but yeah th- this is probably the right list Keontae yeah, george yeah, fun is... summer league player too yeah for sure i think yeah yeah sexton was one i was just like yeah it was definitely my my bias towards Colin sexton for sure got him in that list just have we seen enough from from uh, from Ochi Agbaji? Can they? Can is THC like? Is he not kind of a similar sort of mold as Colin Sexton? So it's definitely I, I get I get where you're coming from there, but I think it's probably probably a, a fair a fair enough uh, fair enough list there for for me. I think obviously not speaking yeah. with any bias, not like I made the list or anything like that, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's gonna do it. That's all. That's all thirty teams. That's all the the protections. And now it's time that we. Go ahead and well, first we'll reveal our cities. Chris, go first. What city are you bringing the the, the expansion to? Obvious. We we gotta we gotta bring a team to Seattle. Like Seattle's gotta have a team. Like that that is such a, a market that's not been uh, taken advantage of. The people there just love their their Sonics. To bring the Sonics back to to Seattle would be would be amazing. Um, and I think they. They be the type of fan base that would be patient with with a, a rebuilding process, and I wouldn't necessarily have to draft a Russell Westbrook to get people in the in the seats. Yeah, I think that that's definitely fair. I think I'm gonna go for the standard one, the team that that the, the city that's always the big one whenever we're talking expansions in any league or any sport, and just say well, we're gonna take a team out to Vegas. It's gonna it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen. It's gonna yeah. be the way. I believe it's it. It's probably gonna happen. You know. Um. We probably throw the uh, the T Wolves and the Pelicans out east then, and that Absolutely. would. I mean, I think I think the the T Wolves should have been out east for a while. I mean, they're just so much closer to all those teams out there. They're they should be playing with the Bucks. They should be playing with the with the Bulls. The Pels should be playing with those with with the Heat and all that. So the Magic, but um, that 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 probably makes a lot more sense. But you all right, be, are you ready? Are we, are we ready to go here? Are you ready to? Uh... I'm gonna give you the first pick. I'm gonna be generous and, and give you the number one pick. We're gonna we're gonna pick seven. We're gonna pick seven players each. So we're gonna get essentially a starting five. We want to call it a starting five. We just say the five best, and then we're gonna have our, our our role players after that. But we're gonna each pick seven players. We'll we'll go back and forth. There's only the two of us, so we'll go your pick, my pick, and, and so on. Yeah, that sound good. Yeah, yeah. Do do right. I do we each get a minute on the board? I'll give you a minute. You got you. Your minute starts okay. right now. You won't need okay. it. I, I hope you won't need it for your first pick, though. No, I, I I won't. I might need thirty seconds. It's tough. Are you reaching? Or are you going safe? That's the, that's the other big question here. Oh, we got there. We go. This is up. Let's get going here. I am going with Dyson Daniels. Boom! First All right, pick. that's definitely. I, I'm gonna say that's a bit of a reach there. I know you're a big Dyson Daniels <laughs> guy, but that's a slight. That's a let, slight let me let me justify it for two seconds. You 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 want to have a guy that can play both ends of the floor and do it. I mean, he's gonna play defense at a elite elite level, and you don't get that in a lot of guards. He's got elite size, and the shooting will come. And playmaking. How many guys are you gonna get out of this list that could play? That could lead an offense and play elite defense on both ends. That's that's something you're not going to see out of most of these guys once you're protecting the top six of every every thirty teams. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit quicker with my, with my first pick. I'm going to go safe as houses for my first pick. And I am going to take Chris Paul. A great guy. Oh, only have no. A year or two left of him. But what a guy to have, Chris around, have around your team to, to start things off. And he, I'm sure he'd love it out in Vegas. And Vegas would, would, would love him too. But I think, I think that's just such a... Safe pick, great guy to have around. He's gonna he's gonna help improve some of the younger guys that I, I'm gonna start reaching for now. I think he's just a definitely safe, nice pick to to start off. Chris Paul, that I knew there was gonna be one name that like as I spent so much time thinking about it, like would I would just completely forget. It. <laughs> so you slipped that in there because he's on the Warriors now. I'm I'm yeah, sure man. I'm sure I'm not alone. Oh man, that's tough. Okay, so my second pick. I'm going Buddy Heald. Yeah, that's a good pick. I I I was hoping you might we might forget about him, but that's yeah. Yeah. I like that pick. How how can you not like a an elite elite shooter in this modern modern uh, modern league? I think the experience that he's got, I think that's such a that's a no brainer of a pick. I really or I really like that. I'm gonna reach just a little bit and go for a guy that I was super high on coming out of the draft. He has yet to deliver, but he is still mm. young, and I think he could thrive. Hopefully, thrive playing uh, with with Chris Paul guiding uh, guiding him. And I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes, the Detroit Pistons. Killian Hayes. I'm gonna take him because he's a guy I still believe could be a lead point guard for a team in in the NBA. So I, I have this little list, the short list on my uh. On my draft board here, gambles question mark and Killian Hayes is on there. Um, yeah, that that's that that is a guy who I hope one day figures it out because the defensive tools are there, all the all the potential was there. Uh, looking at him before the draft, um, but yeah, it hasn't worked out. I'm going to go my third pick. This one is tough, but I'm going to go with Harrison Barnes. Okay. Okay. Another 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 vet. I like it. Hard to not it, like it when you saw what he's done for the for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. It's it's tough because you, you put all these young players in front of me and you know me, my instinct is like, oh, I'm I'm gonna draft like the next fill in the blank, the next but you have a you have an expansion team, you gotta put butts in seats, you gotta be competitive, you gotta sell tickets and you gotta you gotta put together a competitive team. And I think I, I gotta stick with uh players that I know are gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh that's definitely fair, and I think I'm gonna come back at you and, and draft myself my own sharpshooter, and I'm gonna take Joe Harris. Joe gotta, Harris, gotta oh have, man, gotta have yeah. a serious three yeah. point shooter in your team, and I think he's uh, he definitely fits that mold. And he gets back healthy this year, he's gonna be looked at as one of the one of the prime three point shooters uh, in in the entire NBA. I think he's a guy I, I need I need on my team, especially playing alongside a guy like a uh, guy like Killian Hayes. That's a really good one. Oh, that's tough. Hmm. Now, when you're building this team out, I think this is this would be an interesting thing of how a, a expansion draft would be so much fun for fans if it was happening in real time, uh, as opposed to like I, I think it would be great if they did it in real time, as opposed to if if they just announced it and then teams did it in private. Because in reality, like. The decision making tree of like your actual rotation instead of just a random player who not a random player, but when you're drafting a rookie, it's like, okay, we got a whole team already. We'll see what he does five years from now. It's like, no, 
this is a team we're going to play with in three in three months or whatever. But looking at having a, a playmaker, a shooter, a, a two-way forward, guy who's going to space the floor a bit, good rebound. I, I feel like I, I do need to invest in a big at this point. It's not all just about best player available. And I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Onyeka Okamu. Mm, interesting, yeah. That's an interesting pick now. I, I, I think he's a guy on the Hawks who hasn't had enough playing time next to Clint Capella. You've seen what he can do. Um, oh, you were so close to that spelling. What did I miss? The use and O. But, I, dude, I'm, I'm surprised you came that close, to be honest. Like, it's pretty good. Not Where, where's my O? O Okong, Okongwu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, it's close enough. It's not, but it's I, not, I'm, not I'm pretty happy to have him as my as my starting big. You, I mean, I, you've seen the flashes he has defending guys like Giannis, um, defending bigs in the post, and being a rim runner, being a, a vertical threat, a uh, lob threat. So I, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good pick. I'm gonna come at you with another kind of hybrid big kind of kind of a big kind of not a big and uh, take uh, a guy we mentioned when we were talking about the protections and take uh, precious chua i think he he's mm. a guy i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna bring into my team like you said there's still that bit of potential there whether it comes to fruition or not still remains to be seen but he's definitely shown enough that he's definitely worth worth taking a t- taking a shot with and worth uh worth uh kind of having as part of probably 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 the starting lineup here i think uh He's definitely a very interesting piece moving forward, and the guy that definitely has. Oh, well, we spelled that wrong now. Where are we going? Oh, you, yeah. you should have practiced your spelling a little bit before we before we did this. Before we have live live typing on the screen, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's close. It kind of looks like it, anyway. I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll play with it, but yeah, I, I, I like that pick. I think he's a good. Maybe he wouldn't be able to be your starting big just size wise, but I think yeah. he's definitely a guy that can play play as a small five and definitely be a, be a, a good player on the team. Yeah, Chris Paul definitely needs bigs to to pick and pick, pick and pop with to to operate in the pick and roll. Um, Precious still needs to work a little bit on the on the rolling aspect of it, but as a pick and pop big, I think that's that's definitely a lot of potential there. Um, so I got my big, got my forward, I got my starting guard. Now I need a wing. I need a good wing. He's gonna play both ends. He's gonna be able to shoot as well. So I, I I love this idea of, of surrounding Dyson Daniels with shooters. A nice rolling big. I I think I gotta go with Moses Moody. Okay. I'm stuck between Moses Moody and, and another guy uh, on the Hawks. But but Moses Moody's my guy. I I think when he's gotten time with the Warriors, I mean he's 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 shown a lot both ends of the floor. Also, being aggressive, getting the paint. I, I think he's a guy also that that could pop if he if he got more potential, more uh, playing time. Which is why you leaving him off with uh, Jonathan Kaminga. I think half half of the fan base would be like, "Oh, good, I, I love Jonathan Kaminga." The other half would be screaming, upset that they are not protecting uh, this guy. So I think he could be very good. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think it's definitely that that's one that's going to be a, a, a tough call if 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 uh, the Warriors were. We're forced to make it, but likely when this does actually come around, they might have uh, easier decisions to make with some of their older guys. Might just uh, might just be beyond it at that stage, and they won't they won't be looking to to protect them. Maybe I'm gonna steal your other Atlanta guy right now. Maybe not. I'm not too sure. But this is a guy I believe has a lot more to give 
and we didn't get to see a whole bunch of it last year, but I think the potential is real, and I'm going to take AJ Griffin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He He's had some impressive I, shooting performances last year. Man. He did for sure. And I really liked what I saw of him in college. I think he's got a lot of talent and I think definitely untapped potential there. And I hope we're going to get to see a lot more of him this year and a lot more consistency at him. I believe he's a guy I believe in for the future. And I think I'm going to take him out there in, in Las Vegas and, and let him see what he can do. <laughs> AJ Griffin, Joe Harris. Those are, I mean, those are lights out shooters right there. Two lights out shooters. Um, now, if if anyone can get in the paint, I don't I don't know if Chris Paul can still can still uh, probe the paint like he used to. I don't know. Now I, I gotta go with another forward here. I gotta go with another forward, and this this one is a little bit it's a little bit tough, a little tough. But I. Am I gonna go with a young guy or am I gonna go with an older guy? This is this is probably gonna be the, the tough decision making of a of a of a team that again is is trying to be competitive now and not think too far into the future because you gotta get off to a good start just in terms of building your market. Um and I think that everywhere this guy has gone, he's been a fan favorite based on his effort and all the things he does defensively on the boards, even playmaking a little bit. So I'm gonna take Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, damn you! I want, I, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to sneak him in there. I think okay, uh, let's go. I, I knew I was going to steal one of yours. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, I, you can play him at the five at times. You can play him at the four. You could play him in pick and roll. You can pass a little bit. Um, but most importantly, like he can switch onto everything. He can play defense on whoever you want him to. You can throw him on Steph Curry at times, and it's just crazy what he can do. Uh, on that end of the floor. So be excited to have him and pair him defensively along with Dyson Daniels. Those two guys are would definitely cause a lot of havoc out there. Yeah, I think that, that that's definitely a good pick. It's good, 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 good fit as well. I think I've got to take a, a legit big and one who's uh, never going to be a star, but always is going to be solid and get the job done. And that's uh, I'm going to go with Ma- Ma- Maxi Kleber there. In, oh, in the sixth oh nice. I'm going to take, gonna take Maxi. I think uh, just solid player. Never going to do anything amazing, but definitely capable of starting. Definitely capable of spreading the floor, yeah. and a more than capable big in 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 the modern NBA. The just the the shining praise of running game. Never <laughs> going to do anything amazing, but just solid. Um, I do like Maxi Kleber. I mean, defensively, I, I will give Maxi a shout out though for for what for what he does defensively. Great drop defender. And capable at times, switch defender. Maybe not as much as Jason Kidd wants to, him to do it, but um, just any any kind of big that can shoot the way that he does, and the versatility he has on defense. I mean that that's a guy that you'd want. Um, any concerns about your team with your last pick? I'm, I'm a little concerned. You don't have a guy that can really roll to the rim with Chris Paul. Chris, I, I don't know. I don't I know how this is going to work I, out I here. I think that's 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 fair. I'm, I'm, I might have to find that in the in the draft that year with, with my team because I don't think my last pick is going to be the guy that's going to change that either. <laughs> and, and that that is true. We're only doing seven seven players, and I'm sure they would they would pick the full full twelve. I, you know, you you gotta have to with the last pick. You really gotta just take a swing, and you gotta like think big, and you gotta think about you know most potential, right? I'm, I'm going to swing for the fences here. This would be the reclamation project of a generation. I want Ben Simmons 
I want Ben Simmons to come to Seattle and I want him to figure it out. And I, I envision, I envision a team that is not going to be able to shoot very well, but just the defensive potential of uh, Ben Simmons, Jared Vanderbilt and Dyson Daniels all on the same team. That's a team that's going to play tough. That's a team that's going to play fast out in the open floor especially with the uh, Okongwu with shooters like Moody and Heald, um, guys like Barnes. I think Simmons has a chance with a team like this to, to be the guy that he's meant to be, to be the focal point of an offense and, and really facilitate. And he can do that alongside Dyson Daniels. Yes, Dyson Daniels can develop his shot. I, I think that defensively this could, be a, this could be a top five defense I just put together here on the whim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I think that the potential is definitely there. I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't take Kenny Lofton Jr. in your team. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm signing I'm... him to a two way immediately after <laughs> that. I'm signing him to a two way if that's allowed. If if there's a two way uh two way contracts, I'm allowed to steal from other teams. I, I'm, I'm tempted to reach my last pick, but I think I'm gonna go. I'm torn between a couple of guys that we mentioned when we were talking about the top six for each team, and that could possibly get in the. Could, could possibly sneak in, but I think I'm going to take my boy out from New York. I'm going to take Quinton Grimes. He's a oh, nice. He's a yeah. guy I really, I really like. I think there's definitely yeah. a lot more to come from him, and I think he could be a nice fit within, uh, within my already fairly guard heavy team. But I think he could still, he could still find a way to have have a positive impact, especially if we're looking at Chris Paul's not playing as much minutes as. Uh, as as he has done over over the last few years, I think he'll be he could be a nice fit, especially alongside Killian Hayes. I like that the, the little combo there. Yeah, defensively, Hayes and um and Grimes. I mean that that's that's a great that's a great uh another, another combination there. Yeah. One, yeah, one day one day I'll learn how to spell all these names. Where am I going? We, we, we gotta guys give him a break. This is the first time we've had the type in public. I don't yeah, know if like I've ever had the, the type in public. That's tough. Yeah, the pressure's on there. You have to get these names right, and it's just yeah. I should have I should have been better prepared, but it's hard to prepare when I don't know the names that are going to come up. You know, <laughs> the but the defensive combination there: Killian Hayes, Quentin Grimes. Killian can figure it offensively. Grimes has already showed that he's he's really um, growing to be a catch and shoot guy, and really makes quick decisions. I mean, he's he'd fit in there seamlessly. I was stuck between Grimes and Moody. I, I think. I think I believe in Moody's potential a little bit more. I, I think I know I know what Quentin Grimes is going to become. He's going to become a really good, really really good uh, two way player, great defensive guy, great shooter. But I think Moses Moody could become more. I, I think Moses Moody could could with his size and with his ability to get to the basket, which surprises me at times. Uh, I, I think I had to choose him over him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Whose team's taking it? What, Bro, what are we your team's tiny. Your team's tiny. Chris Paul is going to get destroyed by Dyson Daniels. They're shooting, though. The shooting's tough. And Precious versus Okongwu. I, I don't think you have a... I don't think you have a rim protector. Yeah, I'm Who's relying heavily on, on Maxi Kleber to kind of fill that role, which isn't great. <laughs> how's, that, how's that going in Dallas, dude? <laughs> Yeah, I, I my my uh, my big man scope was not was not doing too well uh, w- w- here, but yeah, I think it'd be an interesting battle now if these two teams went head to head. I think the 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 shooting that I've got versus the defense and size that you've got, I think that would be it would, it would be it'd be a close game. I think that'd be fun. You see that over a seven game series? I think I think we'd have some fun there. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we'll uh, we'll do a two K sim and, and we'll see who wins a seven game series. 
you, you put out your uh, your top five, and then I'll put out my top five and see what happens. Easy. The, the, La, 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 Las Vegas has it. That's that's where it's at. Come on, we we, we know we got this. But I mean, ah oh man, that, that that was fun. That was that was that was cool. That doing that ourselves makes me excited to see it happen. Yeah. In, in the flesh and blood. Hopefully, it's not too far away. I, I'd be surprised if it was. I, I think we could only be, maybe this time next year, we could even be. We could even be. You, looking at you it. think I, so? It, oh. It's it's not it's not far away at all. There's definitely the places to bring it. There's definitely the money within the league to to think that it's a it's a smart smart idea. So I think this is going to be just around the corner, and I think the the people in charge will definitely do a much worse job than we did. I think we nailed it here. <laughs> I think getting getting Chris Paul out there would definitely be uh that would be interesting. I would say that it might take a couple years. I don't know the, the logistics would be crazy, but I mean Las Vegas and Seattle. I mean Seattle already has the infrastructure for it. Las Vegas already has the infrastructure for it, and the fan base in Seattle, and also the just how much revenue they would get in Las Vegas. Where that would, I, th- I think that's that's realistic, but. Yeah, if you did it in person, I mean that that's that's really tough. Like I I didn't even think about it like that before we prepped for this, but having to think about the the ripple effect of each draft pick is huge. It's like okay, like you you have so much time to think about each player, and you already have like a culture in your locker room. And you have to think about in the moment, like okay, is this a a guy that we want in our room, like really to to build a culture here? Because this is the first seeds that you're building for a franchise, so it's tough. And that's also why neither of us took Dylan Brooks. <laughs> hey, I, I thought I thought about it. I, I thought about it, but yeah, you thought give... about it. It was the thought. It was a thought that quickly. Yeah, that's where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's unfortunately no surprise, and that's something that I'm I'm sure we'll get into now as we as we as we switch over and get back to what's going on in the league today and get a look in at some of the young cores. We're always big for for talking up the young guys, the young teams where they can go, what sort of potential they have. And on today's pod, we're going to do a little little ranking of, of the the best young cores in the NBA today. We're going to be talking about general ranking, where the teams rank. We're also going to be looking at the teams, each before the team most likely to go big, most likely to make it to a conference finals or even a championship, the team most likely to fail, possibly split up. And then even a look at the teams, the teams best set this year to go and compete and and make a little playoff charge. Starting off though, here's here's our little our little core. This is the the eleven teams that I think are are all qualified. We've got the Thunder, of course, the Rockets, the Pacers, San Antonio, Detroit, Orlando, New Orleans, the Cavs. Obviously, you kind of forget that the Cavs still got. Still got a, a few young guns out there. I know their 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 main guy is a is a guy who's entering his prime years in in a, yeah. in Mitchell, but their their core still got Garland and Mobley who are still still twenty three and twenty two, and the Hornets obviously a young a young team. Memphis, you forget how young they are because they've had so much success over the, over the last uh, last couple of years, and the Trailblazers are a very young core. Damian Lillard is obviously still uh, bringing up the uh, the average age there, but maybe he'll be gone by the start of next season, and then they'll definitely be a team where we're looking at as as a young gun side. Where where do we want to start with this? What do we what do we think is is the ranking? If you're talking top five overall out of these young young cores, where where are you going in terms I of think... their talent now and just overall ability to to develop in the future? 
Yeah, you put the you put these teams in front of me in terms of young core, and, and it's interesting. There, there's definitely tiers to this, and um, the Cavs, um, a little bit of exceptionalism just because they they did get a star. They they won the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes out of nowhere, um, but you know you consider what they have in Garland, you consider what they have um, in Mobley, and I mean that even without I think uh, Donovan Mitchell, I, I think I'd be pretty excited with that pairing. And then the same thing with the Grizzlies, like how good John Rant's been, how good Jaron Jackson Jr. has developed into, how good Desmond Bain has been. Like they're, they've become good very quickly. So it's almost unfair to steal two of the top five for both of them because they're teams that have, I mean, the Cavs um, didn't make it far in the playoffs um, this year, unfortunately. Um, but I think they, they've shown that they're that team. Like they are going to be there pretty soon. And the Grizzlies, I mean, they were right on the cusp. They're they're right there. They were knocking on the door of a finals appearance um, pretty early on. So I, I think looking looking at these other teams, though, and you, I think the way I've thought about this is who's going to be the first of these teams that we're not really sure about that's going to make it to a conference final or at least make it close, like a seven-game series in the second round, like really competitive there, like you're almost there. And when I look at the West, I have to put the Thunder there. I have to put the Thunder there because of what what we've seen from Shea and the amount of talent that they have there. And it, it's really about superstar talent. They are the first of these teams, really, for for their their guy to become a superstar. I mean, Shea, I, I think when you compare Shea and Donovan Mitchell, that, that's they're right on par with each other. Yeah. Um, and after that, it's really about the Pelicans. So when I'm looking at both, both conferences, it's – I think in the West, it's about the Pelicans. It's about OKC, and it's really just with the Pelicans about health, because um, they've got a nice mix of, of veteran talent as well. So it's it's really tough to to gauge if they're a young team necessarily, and then they have that that big question mark on them. But I think with Zion, if Zion's healthy, he's also the guy that they draft who is a superstar when he's on the floor. Um, what about the West for you? Like who, who's Who's the team you look at out of that list and you're like, okay, that's obvious that that's going to be the next team. So I think it's, it's a mixed bag for the rest of them. Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a mixed bag. You don't know what's going to happen with Portland. We don't know what they're going to look like after whatever happens with Dame. We don't know what way their roster is going to get reconstructed because they're fairly, fairly guard heavy at the moment, especially with Dame. And even so, if he was to, if he was to move on, then you look at, New Orleans and their team that I I I'm struggling to get behind. I'm struggling to get behind the Pels because I just don't I just don't believe that Zion's gonna get it together. He's obviously got issues with his weight, just the way his body is. He obviously has to work that little bit harder to sh- to shed the weight, and it seems like he's just not really too interested in doing that. And that's causing I think that's probably having an impact on why he's injured so much. When he's on the floor, obviously he's unbelievable. He's he's a superstar. He's a guy we're like, why have we not got to see this guy go on a playoff run yet? Because he is an absolute destroyer. He's an animal. But being on the floor is kind of the most important thing for for any of these guys. <laughs> yeah. For any player, really, you got to be out there. So I kind of doubt them a little bit. And then you get and look at the Spurs. Yeah, I'll see how they build around Wemby. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they're like this year. Letting to see what he's like. I love that comment. I saw some video. He was just playing a game with someone interviewing him and he's saying he's looking at, at, at developing a 
the Sky Hook, and that's something I was like, I want to challenge him to be able to bring that bring that back uh, to the, be, yeah. the league. So if he's working on that, I I love to hear that out of him. So I'm gonna be I'm excited to see what they're gonna be like and how they look to build around Wemby from here. But like you said, it's the it, it's got to be the Thunder. They've they've got the star. They've got Shea. He's the guy who's shown us he can be that thirty point per game scorer. That guy who can lead a team of rookies and almost kind of misfits to a near winning season and, and a near playoff berth last year, which is what he did. He had them at, I think it was 40 and 42. And then they were just that one win away from being, uh, from being in the playoffs. So I think they're definitely the team that you're going to look at over the next few years. And even this year to make that, that, that jump, we see the growth from, from, uh, from Giddy, from, uh, from Jalen Williams, uh, Chet Holmgren I think he can have I'm a big big Chet Holmgren believer if he can be healthy and he can produce even as a rookie that's a big plus for them and I'm moving forward as well so I think the depth of talent that they have the fact that they've got their star in Shea I think they're definitely the team you have to look at and then the ultimate question mark for me is the Houston Rockets Um, what, what, what are you thinking on them they're a team that you're like there's a lot of young talent. How are they all going to be able to develop into something great there? But if they can refine it and they can f- kind of almost focus on a core of like three of those guys almost, and they've added a couple of vets so far, it's going to be interesting to see where they go moving forward. So that is, now we're getting ahead because that's the, when we're thinking about, when we're thinking about the the teams that are going to be successful sooner than later in terms of like, they got their core together, they're competing. Um, they were the last team I had. And that's not for lack of talent. That's for almost too much talent and too much redundant talent. Yeah. And when when I look at the Rockets, I mean, I, I look at Jalen Green first and foremost, um, a guy who I think has potential to be, you know, one of the best shooting guards in the league, like a top five shooting guard, a top three shooting guard, um, but not a guy who's ever going to necessarily be an engine of an offense because the instinct to be a playmaker is just not his number one skill. And then you look at a guy like um, Cam Whitmore, who, again, I, I don't think it's crazy. I, I'm, I'm trying to justify myself here. Just won the MVP of the Summer League, and that doesn't mean a lot. But when you just look at the just raw athleticism out there and also the the, the shot, I mean, the, the shot isn't perfect, but the shot is definitely there. And you look at his... His ball handling ability, it does need work, but he does have he does have the handles and he does have the strength to get he just has all the tools to do very similar things in a different way to Jalen Green. So you have two explosive scorers there. The I think the question really for, for them in terms of being this team that has too many scorers, too many guys that need the ball in their hands that would want more, that classic dilemma, is Amen Thompson. And I think that the Thompson, it's become very clear that the Thompson twins are, are very, um, very well-developed basketball players. Like they know how to play in a team system. They really know how to move the ball. They they know how to make the right pass and not just look for assist numbers, hold the ball too long like that. If, if Amen Thompson is this elite facilitator that we think he can be, um, elite defender that he clearly is motivated to be, that that solves a lot of problems, but he's a rookie and Jalen green. This is going to be his third year. I want to say, um, so at what point does Amen Thompson fix that? And he can't fix all of that. 
And then at what point does the defensive deficiencies kind of fall to Shengun, who's your other talented guy? That that's a, the, so a lot of roster questions come into focus once the once one guy starts to make it. So Jalen Green makes an All Star game where he's like right there. He's like a twenty five five and five guy. Then it's gonna be like okay, well, what do you do? Like you maybe you don't really fit next to the, this is our guy. Or if if that happens with with Amen Thompson, like well, we really need a guy who can who can uh, be a lob threat because he's so good at throwing lobs, and we need to make sure that Amen Thompson. So there's going to be a time where not all these guys are going to fit because it's not perfect. And I think that's just the inevitable reality. And they just have to figure out who's going to be the guy. So when we think about a team that's going to break up, unfortunately, I think that's that's kind of the one right there. And you don't know when you break up a team, like if if Cam Whitmore is not on this team in the future or or Shangun is not, do they just blossom somewhere else because they had another team had the opportunity to build around them a little bit more seamlessly? which would be disappointing, but I think that's kind of the reality over the next five years for this, this, uh, this squad. Yeah, that's probably fair. Then what, what, if we think, I don't know, I got someone beeping a horn. I don't know if you're, if you're, uh, if you're picking that up, but, uh, they really disagree with that. Statement, <laughs> they were not, they were not happy at all about the, <laughs> the Houston Rockets be, uh, breaking up. But, uh, if we're talking number one team at West, I think we both got OKC. Yeah, like they're kind of the main ones. We're kind of leaving out the Cavs and and, and the Grizzlies because they're kind of on a level. They've already made it. Yeah, above. I expect then, them to be there. Yeah, yeah. And then out east, I think for me, it's clear, clearly the Indiana Pacers. Mm. Yeah, the, it, it is for sure. I, I like I I have I'm such a believer in in Tyrese Halliburton. There's a lot of pressure on whether or not Matherin can become that efficient twenty point per game scorer because that's going to be a, a difference maker for them. He's got to be there. Look, you're looking at it. He's probably going to be the, the the lead scorer on this team. That should be. I'd say that's what his motivation is. I think that's what he wants to do. He's got that dog in him. He's got that aggression. He wants to score the basketball. He wants to get to the line. We saw that. Uh, really scored at a decent level, getting to the free throw line. Uh, in his rookie year, efficiency wise, obviously he struggled. But if he kind of can push up to even being like a a 48 and like 35, 36 sort of player this year and bump that points up to either side of 20. I think that'd be a huge jump for him and a huge jump for this team as a whole. Obviously Walker can come in, be that missing piece that they need on defense. And if his shot comes as well, like that is just crazy. That's going to be such a, such a plus for them. And if Turner and Halliburton, they stay healthy. Obviously Halliburton only played 56 games last year. So it's a slight worry. Turner is more kind of consistently a guy, you know, stepping on pieces of Lego and different things like that, get hurt. The health remains Lego there. Guy. The potential is absolutely there. They've got good depth now as well. Addition of Obi Toppin, Nampard. They got Bruce Brown in. They still have Buddy Heald on the roster. This is absolutely a team that can, can be in the playoffs next year and really be doing big things over the next five years. Yeah, they're they're so the question of them being making it the furthest compared to the other young teams that there's, I, th- I think when we talk about Matherin though, I, I want to get on that for a second. Um, I'm not too worried about, I, I think the scoring will come mm-hmm. for him. He's just, he's a natural score. Just the, and his, his instinct is, is absolutely there to aggressively get to a shot and gets sort of like, he, he looks the part yeah. um, defensively. Like he has the tools to be a good defender and that's what the Pacers need the most. Like they, 
when the Pacers are on last year, like they were on, we talked about it. Like that 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 team can score buckets um at will. Like the the ecosystem they've they've created on offense just naturally gets shooters open, naturally creates lanes, they all want to run, like it's perfect. But defensively, guys like him are gonna need to buy in. Um, because Halliburton buys in, but he's not a like physically not a great defender. Like these he's never gonna be an elite like stopper on defense. But I think Matherin has the tools to do that. And it's it's yeah. it's the buy-in there. We'll, we'll see if that comes. I'm curious though, like I know I know the roster construction's a little wonky with with the magic and the pistons. Because we're not talking about just next season. Like next season, obviously, I think the pace is gonna be better than both those teams. Yeah. But Hornets I, re- I I I wanna believe in the Hornets. I, I just I believe in LaMelo Ball. I don't necessarily I don't I don't buy that this is it. Like, oh, we got Brandon Miller, we got uh Lamella Ball, and that's it. You know, like the and that could change like after the end of the season. Maybe Brandon Miller is like the next coming of Paul George. He he just doesn't have the physical body yet to prove that. And he seems like a project. Um, and we don't know where that project will go. But I, I think when you look at the magic though, you you have three big playmakers. And I think that's maybe that's just my bias in terms of like the kind of players that I like, but you, you see a similar mold in OKC where you have three guys. Um, and you look at uh, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy's like, he's not a guard. That guy's big. Yeah. He's a big playmaker. Um, and you, you see how successful they've been with having three guys who can really create for others and create for themselves. And that's kind of what the magic are doing. And like, they, are almost too big like they like having um jonathan isaac there too well it was kind of weird and then having bobo it was, it was hilarious just how many bigs they got out there but having three bigs in in wagner and um ben caro and in anthony black that that's something that's really intriguing to me i love what the paces are doing but if we're talking like three years down the line like if the magic just kind of fix things up a little bit kind of the way the that the uh, Thunder are trying to do um, kind of the way the Pacers are trying to do right now. If, if they just like made a couple of trades and got shooters in and their players are progressing, like I think it seems like they will, I think they'd be a better team than the Pacers, like defensively, more potential defensively, bigger size, more playmakers, just more balance, the ability to switch. I think they'd be a lot, do a lot more like that. Um, and I, I think then it would be, they'd be a tier above the, the Pistons and the Pacers. I think the Pistons still have a little bit to go, but I'm really intrigued by what Cade uh, Cunningham can do. Mm-hmm. And if Jaden Ivey, if his growth is there, and also Asar Thompson, I I think they they have rosters that could catch up very quickly to the Pacers over the next few years. So I, I'm not sure that Pacers are necessarily undoubtedly the first, just because they are right now. If we're just talking first team, that's going to have the chance to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm really curious to see how the Magic and the Pistons start to fill things out. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's that's definitely fair. I think the, I think yeah, it's just a bit more work, and I, I think I'm, I still believe the Pacers are going to be the the better team if we're looking over the over the next three to five years. I think I think we're going to see the growth out of their guys. I think we're going to see the impact that guys like Brown can have. Obi Toppin, what what sort of growth we're going to see from the Empire? It's going to be interesting to see what the the most consistent starting lineup comes out at, at Indiana next year, and if that's something to 
to look at moving forward. The the magic I feel they just still have a lot of work to do to figure out the roster and really get it really get it humming. Obviously time is on their side, no doubt. They've got the young core, they have the time to be able to do this, but they have struggled to do so in the past. So maybe why why could it be fully believing that they're gonna do it now? I think the Pistons are definitely the interesting one. The Hornets are the Hornets have a, a have a decent bit to go. How much of an impact can Mark Williams have? I, I I liked him coming out of the draft, but we didn't get to see too much last year. What sort of jump can he take? Brandon Miller, like you said, he's a he's a project. Lamelo is their guy. That's the important. That's that's like the key spot to get, and then you just fill around him. So they're in a decent spot, but it's going to be interesting to see what they look to maybe do with the likes of Hayward or Rogier or a few other guys like that if they look to to flip those guys or what way they they move on to it from here. But then if you're thinking teams most likely to fail, most likely to crash out, you're 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 on the you're on the, the, the Rockets there. That's that's the team you think for that? Yeah, I, I think the even for like because their conflicts are like major players. And and I think fail fail is a tough word. I, I guess when I say fail, I mean like when you have players that you've drafted that you believe in that will ultimately not work together. So maybe you're still a playoff team, but like the project didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. I guess, I guess that's what I mean. Cause I, I believe, I believe in all these teams in their direction, but I, I don't, I don't think the Rockets will as currently constructed, the major faces will be, will be there by the end. Um, and, and I failed to mention also Jabari Smith for them, how, how much he could, he could really improve this season and, and fix a lot defensively. Maybe he, he's also the, he would be a reason why, um, why Shangun could work? Who apparently Shangun is seven feet tall now. I that's yeah. that's news to me. Yeah, um, everyone seems nice. to grow two inches uh, yeah. over the summer somehow. But he's wearing lifts in his shoes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's seven. He's six. He's six. Uh, Eleven now without shoes. Reportedly, so the rumor, we'll see. Rumor has it there, yeah. Um, that's what he said. So, I mean, in the, the in the East, like you, you look at the the contract of the Hornets, like you have a prototypical like uh, big wing and Brandon Miller, a prototypical point guard. You got PJ, who's a great, uh, I think, stretch four, and then Mark Williams, a classic rim protecting, rim running. So, I mean, there's there's a a squad there that makes sense that can grow. You don't really need to get off of anyone to see if they work in their roles. Mm-hmm. And Pistons, I think they have an interesting way of, of building out because Cade is a is a true floor general wing, and then Ivy, what he does as a as a really aggressive point guard. But then obviously their big rotation is is packed, but that's not really a big. You're not really worried about that failing because if if James Wiseman isn't there two years from now, that's not a failure. Yeah. That that was a project. If he works out so well that it's like, oh, Jalen Duran, he's he's expendable. Then that was the success in uh, getting the better big. So th- I think there's more pressure on teams like the Rockets to make all their um, all their wings work out on that same team, and they're really special, like very fat, like a Jokic-like big in terms of the the offense and the playmaking and the post play, and make it work with him. So that they have the most pressure, I think, to to make all the uh to make the band work there's a lot of instruments a lot of fun instruments but there might be too many and they might be doing the same thing yeah and then the two of them are i kind of look at the and the outlandish ones that it's possible that it could happen and you look at the pelicans and the the grizzlies hopefully the grizzlies will be fine but 
if Jam Morant was to continue on this path that he's on at the moment, that blows up this team because he is that guy. Like I, I think Je- Desmond Bain's a great guy to have alongside of a Jam Morant. He's gonna shine when the spotlight's not on him. But if you were relying on him to be your be all and end all main lead guy, then it, it kind of just kind of dashes away any real hopes of being being conference finals or even title contenders. Hopefully Jazz done with it now, but I thought that after he did it the first time and then he went and did it again, he's got a little suspension now and hopefully then he'll be back on the right track, but you, you don't really know, but it's it wouldn't be crazy to think that he goes off on a on a bit of a trail that, that doesn't lead to anywhere good for him or the uh, or the Memphis Grizzlies and then the Pelicans, like I already said with Zion, the weight is a big issue for him. He talks about it a lot, but he doesn't seem to want to do that work on it. They can't get him on the floor. They're never going to be this great team. If he's on the floor and they get the growth out of the other pieces that they have around him, Ingram's still there, great talented player, likes of, of Valanciunas and other guys. They, there's a lot of talent there, but they need Zion on the floor to be able to do that. And until I see it, until I see him on the floor for like 65, 70 games in a season and then a playoff run, I'm never going to believe that he's going to be able to do it and that ultimately he might. they might just... Think about trading him. Maybe he'll 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 move on. But it, it feels like that is a a likely situation that could not end in the success that they wanted and should have had. Yeah, they're they're on the edge. Pelicans are weirdly on the edge with, with, with that. It's they're on the cusp of either being a like, you know, uh, it's tough in the West. But with him healthy, they looked like a team that could be a dark horse, like championship contender, with how deep they were defensively and and, but. Yeah, they're they're weirdly toggling between being one of the top four or five teams in the West and being a play-in team. And Brandon Ingram, I, I think he's he's hit a ceiling that is a really good ceiling. Yeah. Um, but he needs he needs that help from Zion to to be to take this team somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then finish it out. Give me, give me a top five. The core here, you see them all. Oh, you see Rockets, Pels. You're gonna Jazz. make me do it. You're gonna you make me do it. Gotta do your top five. I wanna, I wanna hear it. Lay it on. I have you to. Include, I have to respect the Grizzlies and the Cavs here. You can. Include yeah, them. I'm gonna exclude them. They've already kind of made it. I, I have to go with. Are we talking over the next five years? What's, what's the year range? Include now. We'll go we'll say star power they've got and potential over over the next over the next five years. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with first the the magic. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry. After the OKC, so I'm gonna go first OKC. Second, I'm gonna go Magic. Um. Third, I'm gonna go Pistons. Fourth, I'm gonna go Pacers, and then fifth. I'm gonna go Rockets. That's how I'm going there. And that my reason for the Pacers is, is the uh is the is the two-way ability of of Matherin is how much they get out of Jairus Walker as an offensive player. I don't think he has a high ceiling there. And Miles Turner, we, we've seen what he can do, but staying healthy as well. I, I think that there's just the what you can do with the kind of three-headed dragon of three big playmakers and and surrounding players like that, the two-way potential that they have as well. Um, 
I think OKC and Magic are on a very interesting path of like kind of making that work. Interesting, interesting. I actually don't have, I wouldn't have the the Magic on my list at all. Mm. I, sleeping. I, I maybe maybe sleeping. maybe I'm sleeping on them, but I, I maybe I just need to see that that a little bit more. Maybe I need to watch them a bit more to 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 believe in that a little bit more. For me, I'm taking. I I got I got. I've been talking them up all day, but I got to take the Pacers at number one. I think they're they're Whoa. a team that I that I really believe in. I believe we're gonna see growth from Halliburton. I believe Matherin's gonna become that that elite shooter and possibly even a two way a two way uh, a two way threat. Walker's gonna have the defense that they need. I like I've liked the additions that they've made. I like the roster that they've got at the moment. I believe there is a lot of uh, a lot of potential there. So they're my number one. Then obviously OKC, Shay, Chet. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that duo. If Jalen Williams really becomes that kind of dead eye scorer, playing alongside the two of them, Giddy continues to develop. There's a real great core of talent there, and all the assets they have to really to to make moves like they're they're in a great position to to go and succeed. They're at number two, number three. I think I'm gonna go with the Pistons there at number three. I, I I like the makeup of their team. I'm a big believer in Kate Cunningham. I think he's the guy. He can do that, do it all. He can lead them. If Jaden Ivey develops, if they're gonna them as a backcourt duo is gonna be huge. I think Acer Thompson is gonna be a real big impact player on this team and the overall talent. I think they're not all gonna be on this team when they're going and competing in the playoffs, but. I think you look at like three or four of these guys can definitely be a core to build on for the Pistons, and they're gonna have success over the next over the next maybe three three to five years. At number four, that's gonna be an interesting one. I'll go. I'll go with the Rockets at four. It's gonna be tough for them to figure it out, but I think that there's enough talent there and enough star power for them to really kick on. And if they're smart. They they shouldn't they shouldn't fail they shouldn't have to completely blow it up they should have enough pieces here to at least build a consistent playoff team. Mm-hmm. At number five, I guess I got it. I'll, I'll give the Spurs a shout. I'll give I'll give Wemby and and the Spurs that that number five spot. They're gonna have to continue to draft well. That's how they build their original success under Pop. They drafted really really excellently and built a winning team and built a winning culture around that. They can continue to do that. They are going to be able to to build a great team, and if Wemby is even half the player that the people are talking about to be, how how can they fail? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to I had to wait and see for for Wemby, and uh, I I'm sure he's not going to let us down, but we'll uh, we'll wait to see that next year because what I've saw what we've seen out of the the teams that we did talk about, I, I know that we can at least be confident it happens on the floor. I'll I'll wait I'll wait for for Wemby to respect these other players for sure. Yeah, the, the the interesting spot there is there. The, am I sleeping on the Orlando Bancaro? I think you're or, sleeping on Bancaro. Or is Chris being overhyping the the Magic? That's the one. Though, I think that's the main talking point we're going to get out of this. That's <laughs> the one to watch over this course of this season. We'll keep updates on the podcast of how the Magic do over the next over the next while. Let's see the growth we get out of Bancaro year two and the, and the, how the team fits out at all. But yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I didn't think you're gonna go there with the magic. I'm definitely gonna to have to keep my keep my eye on that. But I think that was that was, that was a fun conversation. It's always good to talk to these young teams. There's so much talent there. It's so hard to really make a prediction. Like any of these teams could do amazing things because there's so much young talent in in the NBA today. But you know, there's just those guys that you you, you fall in love with and you just hope as much as anything, without even just speaking with knowledge or facts, you just hope that they're gonna be the guys and they're gonna be. 
the next generation's a star because the last generations are slowly weeding away the the bronze and the curries and that of, the, of this era. They're slowly weeding away, and there's it's time it's time for the next generation. But uh, we're gonna finish off with a new game, a little bit of NBA. Would you rather? I know Chris Chris just loves all, all, all this stuff, and he's really he's really excited for it. Would, would you? I, I'm really curious where this is gonna go for our, for our, to finish I, I up. Think, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy it. I, I'm gonna start off with it with an interesting one. Would you rather have James Harden's career or Tony Parker's? What? Who's That's a question. Who, who's Tony Parker? Tony Parker, yeah. without a bring, without I'll a bring, doubt. I'll bring up the stats here now. We got we got James Harden, one time MVP, ten time All Star, six time All NBA First Team, three time scoring champ, two time assist leader. Known okay. probably as a as a playoff bust. How many championships? And you got Tony Parker, four-time champ, one-time Finals MVP, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, and probably one of the all-time role players in the league. So you're thinking there's no no doubt no doubt about Tony Parker? Tony Parker's a star. Don't, don't ever call a Tony Parker role player again. Don't ever call a Tony Parker a role player. I would take Tony Parker's career a million times out of a million. Absolutely. That legacy is untarnished, unquestionable. Moving on. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that's fair. It was just kind of that was almost a gauge of your personality. What what side of the coin you might be? I'm a winner. I'm a winner, Ronan. There I'm a champion. Go. There you go. And now a little bit more interesting one. Would you rather be the GM slash president of a team or the head coach? Oh, GM, absolutely, GM. GM? I mean, co- coaches last like there's so much pressure on coaches, so much blame on coaches, very little credit, and like the the management is of player personality always comes down to the coaches and even though the GM's job is to get the right people in and that is a fun job is to, to really you're you're cooking up everything but you can kind of blame a little bit on the code I, I would not want to have the pressure that I really don't know how guys like Tom Thibodeau do it for this long it's it's insane yeah it's, it's kind of it's interesting you look at it as a GM and obviously you're you have to decide everything you make all the big decisions it's a 24 7 365 day a year job but the, there's not as much direct criticism shown at you. You don't have to face the media as much. You usually get a little bit more time uh, in your role than a coach does. Then on the coaching side, you're often the first one to go when when things aren't going your way. There's a lot of criticism that you have to face. Or when but things you also, go your way. You also get more credit when the team wins. That's that's another that's another you, side of it. You get to enjoy it. That I think that little bit more. So there's definitely plus and minuses. But I think you're you're sticking with the GM side. Yeah, and even when things go well, like you have a young team that starts to win, it's like, okay, well, now we need to get a, a real head coach to win a championship with these guys. And it's like those those coaches don't even have a chance to, to make it. So, yeah, it's it's I think it's tough to have more credit to them. Guys like Spo, who just guys you stick around are, that's super impressive. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll finish off, but I think it will be an, an easy one for you. Would you rather win three league MVPs over the course of your career or one ring? What's the circumstances of me winning the ring? Am I on the bench? You are a starter, but not a star. Oh, I'd much rather win a championship. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's a the 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 thing that your Charles Barkleys of the world they will always will not talk about being a star, but will talk about not winning a championship. And I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Like. That that is the the pinnacle of success is team success, not individual success. And I think that's uh that's that's my daily life lesson to y'all out there. 
it's a team sport at the end of the day. So you gotta you gotta be you gotta be rooting for that uh, for the, for those championships. But I think that that was good. We'll 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 continue to come up with them over the time. Well, Chris, I like that. So have, I like that. That was you good. Come back. You can come back at me next next step. You you think I got some, you some juicy ones and you come up <laughs> come back at me. But that's gonna do it for today's episode. Fun little way to finish off. It's been a fun pod. Expansion drafts, young cores. Some I thought were gonna to be tough questions, but they were easy for Chris. New game, but all having fun in, in the NBA offseason. We're gonna keep on producing that content, so make sure you keep up to date. We're gonna be having lots of fun pods over the over the course of the summer while there's not too much breaking news or anything like that. But again, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, like, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. Most importantly, remember to take every shot and love every moment.